Hey, it's Sarah, and this is Kids These Days, a podcast brought to you by funding through the Kansas Department for Children and Families. Have you ever made up a song to get the kids engaged or to teach them a new routine? Or maybe you found yourself singing the hand-washing song while in the Target bathroom by yourself. Do you ever find yourself sing-talking to kids when you want them to do something, and you're maybe just a tad frustrated and don't want to lose your cool when giving directions? And you've noticed in the past that singing gets the kids' attention much more effectively. Have you ever stopped to think about why or how music is such a powerful teaching tool? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. Music has a power that goes beyond words. It is a whole body learning experience. It builds connections, both in brain pathways and in relationships, while nurturing our imagination and creativity. And the best part about music, it costs nothing to use, and there are so many ways to participate in music experiences. Music is everywhere. Clapping our hands, birds in the trees, rain and wind outside, and of course, your own voice. And trust me, kids don't care if you sound like Ariel or the foghorn in the lighthouse. And music activities are easily adapted for a range of developmental levels and abilities, which makes it perfect for mixed age settings, like, you know, in family childcare programs or in homes, wherever you have kids and music. (laughs) But I want to take a minute to talk about brain pathways and connections. So I want you to think about creating new brain pathways like you would think about the development of a new highway or road in your town. So first there's that construction phase with the digging up dirt and moving things around. Second, they lay the asphalt and paint on the lines. And then finally, they put up traffic signs and lights that act as continual reminders of which way to go and how to be safe doing it. And that construction phase can be a real pain, right? Especially when they are rerouting a regularly traveled road. But over time, as you become accustomed to the painted lines and the traffic signs and lights, you develop a routine of getting from here to there on this new road. I want you to think about music as the digger and the mover, the asphalt layer and the line painter, and the traffic lights and signs when you think about the process of aiding children and the development of new brain pathways and connections. Think of music as the ultimate whole body teaching tool for the whole body learning experience. And what do we mean by whole body learning experience? Well, I found the most perfect example to explain this from a zero to three article, which is there's a link for it in the show notes. And this article says, Like all the best learning experiences in early childhood, music activities simultaneously promote development in multiple domains. Singing a lullaby while rocking a baby stimulates early language development, promotes attachment, and supports an infant's growing spatial awareness as the child experiences her body moving in space. So let's break down some of those areas of development. So let's talk first about social and emotional skills. You know, when I think about most music experiences and early childhood programs, I instantly think of social emotional development. Kids singing and dancing together, using songs during transition times and small group sessions. I could go on and on. But 
Let's talk a little more specifically about that social and emotional development in relation to music and its magical powers. So music can help children learn and practice self-regulation. Think about rocking a baby to sleep while you sing your favorite lullaby, or when you turn on classical music or softer music at nap time, or when maybe things are just a little crazy in the room. And I don't know if I've said this before, I mean, surely I have, but (laughs) the two best ways to dampen the stress response, that fight, flight, freeze, or faint, is through breath and movement. Well, that lullaby or classical music with its slower beat, softer tones, and loose rhythms is a concrete way to teach the idea and practice of slowing down our breath and movement. So when you consistently play or sing those types of songs at a time that you want children to begin to calm and relax, and you are there with them, speaking softly, breathing slowly with them, moving your body slowly, like rocking or rubbing their back, you are giving them a self-regulation tool. And music can help children begin to understand emotions, right? Singing about feelings helps babies and toddlers learn the words to describe their emotional experiences. I'm sure you've all heard or sang, if you're happy and you know it, And in the article that I quoted earlier, I found this passage that said, the fact is that music evokes feelings even when there are no words. One recent study found that babies as young as five months old are able, under some conditions, to discriminate between happy and sad musical excerpts. Crazy. I think with music, it also promotes sharing and turn-taking, right? Music can very naturally encourage turn-taking, passing the drum around the circle as you sing a group song, or even better, several kids beating the drum all at once. Can you all share the drum to make loud or soft sounds together? Or waiting your turn during the small group time when we sing the welcome song. You know, Sarah's here today, Sarah's here today, everybody clap your hands, Sarah's here today. Hi, Sarah. Everybody gets a turn. And with music, also helps to develop cultural awareness. Playing songs and using musical styles from children's home cultures begins to create that continuity between home and school, the caregiving setting. And that continues to just nurture children's feelings of acceptance and safety and security and feeling welcome. And that their culture, their family at home is just as important at school. And then we have physical motor skills. I think if you work with young children, (laughs) I'm especially thinking of you toddler and young preschool age teachers, you know, without a doubt, that music builds motor skills. Watching a toddler get their groove on is in my like top three ways to always make me happy. So that gross motor development, you know, when people think about music, dancing is probably one of the first activities that comes to mind. You know, dancing to any kind of music, fast, slow, (laughs) everything in between. (laughs) Um, You know, when you're, when a child's being held and rocked to the music, those kids that can't, you know, quite move on their own just yet, you know, are making musical sounds by, or making musical sounds by swinging those musical instruments around, tambourines or maracas or beans in a 
container that you've taped down, any way that that helps children to build the muscles in their arms and legs and trunk. And then that fine motor development, you know, think um, the songs Open Shut Them, Wheels on the Bus, Itsy Bitsy Spider, right? Perfect examples of ways that music can support the development of those small muscles in their hands and fingers, which of course are the same muscles that they're going to use for writing and drawing when they're older. Another piece to think about with motor development and music is balance and body awareness, right? When, when thinking about toddlers grooving, I think about balance or lack thereof. (laughs) But then I think about how sometimes when you are dancing and spinning, falling over and getting right back up to try again are the best parts of it. Well, maybe for the kids, but music experiences can be a safe way, both physically and emotionally safe, to let children explore how they can move all the different parts of their body and space around them without fear of, you know, stop moving around so much, don't run, watch where you're going, blah, blah, blah. If they're if they're grooving to music, we kind of have this, it's almost like we kind of have this um, exception, right? Like I know that they're moving their bodies around for a reason, so it's okay if they bump into something or fall over. And, you know, think about doing head, shoulders, knees, and toes, right? They are, they're learning their body parts while learning how to move their own body to get to those body parts. And I, I'm certain that you've all probably heard the phrase crossing the midline. So crossing the midline or bilateral coordination is the ability to reach across with both your arms and legs, not necessarily at the same time, but that your legs and your arms both can go across that invisible line that you could draw down the center of your body. You know, like when a baby claps for the first time or when we hold something out across the opposite direction and encourage a child to reach for it. Um, Activities that encourage crossing the midline promote communication between the two hemispheres of the brain, which is necessary for them to complete tasks like crawling, climbing, dressing oneself, reading, writing, and so much more. And after a quick break, we'll talk about so much more when we talk about the ways that music builds cognitive language and literacy skills. Looking for reliable online resources to share with parents or to learn more about why kids do what they do? Well, search no more. The Casido Kids Infant Toddler Specialist Network has created a collection of one-page information sheets, virtual kits, and online technical assistance packets just for you. These resources cover topics from biting, resilience, active supervision, intentional planning for infants and toddlers, and so much more. Find the link in your show notes or visit kskids.org backslash technical dash assistance dash zero to access these resources today. Okay, so remember that time you caught yourself singing the hand-washing song in the Target bathroom? Well, that is a perfect example of the whole body teaching tool music building a new cognitive pathway. You've obviously created a routine with the kids that includes the hand-washing song, and you've obviously done it on average, I don't know, 742 times each day. But every time you've sung that song while washing those hands, you're like, you are laying another inch of asphalt 
painting another inch of the white line, all the way up to wiring the electricity and creating the technology needed to make those traffic lights do their thing, that is needed to teach children the routine of washing hands. Music naturally, as I just mentioned above, provides opportunities to develop all kinds of cognitive skills like create routines, practice patterns, math concepts, symbolic thinking, so much more. So let's think about counting, right? Uh, Five Little Monkeys, This Old Man, The Ants Go Marching. These are all super fun songs that begin to teach the skill of counting, right? And that, that rhythm and repetition of songs Um, can make it easier for very young children to remember the name and sequence of number patterns, especially when we add in the fine motor skill of using our hands to convey quantity and one-to-one correspondence. For example, if I'm singing Five Little Monkeys, I'm going to have five monkey finger puppets, one for each of my fingers, and as I sing each verse, I can remove a puppet from my finger and place it on the floor. And I now have a concrete visual of quantity, right? The total number of puppets on my fingers and the total number of puppets on the floor and of one-to-one correspondence, right? I take one puppet off my finger at a time. And then we can also talk about how music helps build the cognitive skill of patterns and sequencing. You know, almost every piece of music has a pattern or a sequence built into the melody and lyrics. And learning to anticipate patterns and place objects or events into sequences builds those really important early math and early reading skills. Uh, For example, like songs that are repetitive in rhythm or lyrics help children learn to anticipate patterns like Old MacDonald Had a Farm, E-I-E-I-O. Uh, Songs that tell a story, like Wheels on the Bus, or songs that have a clear beginning, middle, and end, like Itsy Bitsy Spider. All those those types of songs help children learn to decipher sequences in music, which then begin to help them make those connections to other concepts outside of music that include things like a a beginning, a middle, and an end, like when you have a visual schedule in your program that shows what's happening throughout the day. Memory, right? So music holds a powerful place in our memory. You know, this this article talked about how even babies as young as eight months have shown recognition of of a familiar piece of music after a two week delay, right? Remember Target, hand washing, yeah. Um, I'm also thinking of when I hear, there are a couple of songs that when I hear them, man, I am right back at that high school dance. <laughs> it's amazing that that place, that memory place that music holds in our brains. And, you know, as children begin to develop their short and long-term memories, when we can put music to it, that along with it being a positive experience, helps to build that connection even more strongly within their brain. Another cognitive skill that we think about with children, with young children, is pretend play and symbolic thinking, right? You know, that that idea of learning that an object like a block can represent another object like a car or a phone. (laughs) You know, that's a major leap in children's thinking skills. 
But when we use music to build on toddlers' growing abilities to use symbols by providing props that go along with songs, you know, maybe a stuffed spider with itsy bitsy spider, right? Or that five little monkeys example I shared above of using the the actual monkey puppets on your fingers and then, you know, moving to where you're just using your fingers and holding a finger down within the song instead of taking a monkey off of your finger. And then finally, language and literacy skills. And, you know, I guess at the jump when I talked about, like when I think of music in early childhood programs, I think of social skills and emotional skills. I think a lot of people think of motor skills like dancing, but I also think a lot of people when they think about music and young children, they think about language and literacy skills, right? Playing with sounds within songs, you know, rhymes, etc. These engage children in language and builds that foundation for their future in reading, writing, academic success. I mean, I guess these, some of these are just, I guess, really very obvious, but bare talking about, you know, that music helps children understand spoken language, right? You know, just like, just like music provides a safe place for children to explore moving their bodies, it also gives children a safe place to play with language, to figure out what words are, what they mean, how to make their sounds, how to be silly with their sounds, because it's just a song. Uh, you know, so that's spoken language, right? Or expressive language. And then there's re- receptive language or the words that children can understand, but not yet able to say. Um, is that, that receptive language is practiced very simply by just listening to music. But remember that language isn't always about words. You know, how about listening to different animal sounds or different horns of the vehicle variety and musical instrument variety? You know, exposing children to different sounds in addition to words builds yet more pathways in the process of understanding language and communication. And, you know, we think about dual language learning. Offering music experiences in children's home languages supports dual language development in the first three years and beyond, which is so important. And music is also a great means to involve your families in the program. They can share their their songs that are part of their family's culture. And again, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier of building that connection between home and school and that feeling of welcomeness and acceptance. And then the last thing I want to talk about with language and literacy is phonemic awareness, which um, phonemic awareness describes how well a child can hear, recognize, and use different sounds, which are called phonemes. Like um, the word cat, right? There are three different phonemes in that word. The K sound, the K sound, the short A sound, and the T at the end. Children who are able to distinguish different sounds and phonemes are more likely to develop develop stronger literacy skills over time. And music supports this critical skill because most songs include rhyming, right? Or substituting one of those sounds for another sound. For example, like in the song, I'm a little teapot, you know, the words stout, spout, shout, all rhyme. 
you know, when thinking about maybe not with your toddlers, I don't know, I think they would think it was funny, but you know, that I like to eat green apples and bananas and then changing the vowel sound with each verse. Um, is they're just fun ways to play with sounds within music. So, wow. <laughs> okay, so I hope through this, what we talked about today, that you can see how music is truly the ultimate whole body teaching tool. And we would love it if you would hit us up on social media and tell us about how you use music in your program. Um, next week, we have a really special treat for you all. Um, it's an interview that Rudy did with her colleague, Sharon, um, about kinder music that she taped before she went on maternity leave. Um, and it's just, it's just a really fun thing. And I can't wait for you guys to hear it all, to hear it. So hit us up, tell us how you're doing, what you're doing, and we'll see y'all next week. Bye. Kids These Days is a co-production of the Casito Kids Infant Toddler Specialist Network and Workforce Development Programs. These programs are supported through a grant from the Kansas Department for Children and Families Child Care and Early Education Services. However, information or opinions expressed herein do not necessarily reflect the position or policy of the agency, and no official endorsement should be inferred. If you have questions, comments, suggestions, or want to share your practice related to this or a previous episode, please email kidsthesedayspod at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at kidsthesedayspod. Be sure to check out the infographic and other resources for this episode in the show notes. Don't forget to hit subscribe. This episode was written, recorded, and edited by Sarah Holmes. Infographics by Rudy Benavides. Music track Hackbeat by Kevin McLeod. See you next time on Kids These Days.